0: Welcome to North of the Shire, your podcast on all things Lord of the Rings. But in all honesty, it's mostly about the Middle Earth strategy battle game by Games Workshop. I'm your host, Don, and this is episode 18. Today I'm here with the last, but not the least, of our hosts, He's a sportsman extraordinaire, a man of many game systems, and he is the Sam to my Frodo. It's Mister Garrett Pogson. How are you doing, sir?
1: Great. It's great Good. to be here. Yeah, Excited. great to finally
0: get you on the podcast after yeah. seventeen episodes.
1: To finally put a voice to the name.
0: Yeah, not yeah, not a okay.
1: face anymore. Just a just
0: a voice. Yeah. Um, yeah, cause we've spoken many times about you on the podcast and, you know, you're in the army challenge with us and you go to the tournaments and stuff with us. Like you and I are mostly like always together going to the tournaments, so...
1: Yeah, I'm like the mythical creature that's finally appeared.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Right on. Well, before we get into uh, an intro of yourself, I'm just going to go through what we're going to talk about a little bit in in this episode, a little uh, table of contents kind of thing? Sure. Um, So we're going to do an intro of Garrett, because this is his first time on the show. Um, And then we're going to do a little bit of a special section on a virtual tournament that uh, I ran on the OSBGL, which Garrett was a part of. So we're going to talk about that. And then for our main topic, um, we're going to talk about Garrett's Challenge Army, uh, which is Lertz's scouts, and like we're all four of the hosts of uh, the channel are doing a challenge army. Uh, and lastly, if we have time, we will we'll see if we can cover off a listener question or two. But anyway, back to Garrett. So. Um, I don't know, some people that might have seen you before, if they've watched any of the videos on the OSBGL YouTube, because you and I did a bunch of videos there, battle reports, and we did a little show on there called Our Adventures in Middle-Earth.
1: Yeah, back when we
0: could have adventures. (laughs) Yeah, back when we were still rolling (laughs) dice, which we haven't started doing that yet. Um, yeah, but so, yeah, it's been a long time. Like, I think it's been well over a year since you were on a video because, like, I don't think I've made a video on there in over six months. And of course, you know, for the first six months of COVID, like, I did a few videos on there which were just solo efforts, basically. Um, yeah, but yeah. I,
1: do, I can't remember when the last time.
0: Yeah, it's got to it's got to be a year and a half ago I think that you were probably on one something like I'm that. I'm thinking
1: it was close to when the Dunlin stuff came out cuz we made a little video of that and
0: Yeah, that's true we did. We did a little bit of a kind of a review of that. Um just for some context though, uh like you are a good friend of Drew cuz like you two guys kind of grew up together and we have did. been friends for eons.
1: Yeah, it's funny story with that. Um, So I didn't actually m- meet Drew Until we were in high school um, So it's grade 9 And I'm not sure if it was English or French class And I was sitting with a, Another friend of ours that you probably Remember from years ago, Paul He used oh, to yeah. come to the club yeah. all the time And we were talking about Warhammer 40k Because mm-hmm. we used to go to the club all the time And uh, some kid behind us starts talking to us randomly about stuff we're like who's this guy it turns out it was drew (laughs) and he he overheard us talking about uh, 40k and he played the same the same game right so that's that's my introduction to meeting andrew
0: oh i thought you you guys knew each other well before that but it was uh it was a high school yeah that's hilarious that it was uh like a games workshop connection that sort of brought you guys together Mm -hmm.
1: and just because we were talking about it in class like before the teacher came in so it's pretty neat like i just i think about not being in that class or sitting in that exact spot or whatever like i I think eventually we might have met each other because the um the stores we used to go to but
0: sure yeah Yeah, it's crazy right on um and you play a lot of games uh, besides Mespg, a lot of other GW games, but like, how did you first get into miniature gaming?
1: Oh, this is a story. This is a this is an old story. So, <laughs> um, I used to play board games all the time with the family. Like, my family's big into board games. We're pretty competitive. Um, I don't know if you know of an old board game called Stock Ticker. Oh yeah. Like, that's, that's like a Christmas game we play all the time.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and we play it at the cottage and the cabin all the time, too. But uh, that's kind of where it kind of got started. Uh, computer games and stuff like that. I remember getting uh, Nintendo back in, uh, I think it was in grade five or six. So that was like my first introduction to like gaming, other than... Playing out in the real world with friends, right? Right. But uh, what started me off in the gaming was Magic the Gathering. And it was, I was at public school and some kids were playing with cards out during a recess and I saw it and noticed how cool it was. Let's go into a little bit of backstory because this is going to lead into something more. No worries. Um, So a couple of my friends uh, found a store in New Market on Main Street. There's actually a couple of them really close to each other. Um, we, we walked around and looked for the cheapest cards we could get because we were kids back then, right? We are using yeah. our pocket money. Um, got a couple of starter decks. And uh, this was before we knew about Comic Wizard. Is it Comic mm-hmm. Wizard? Going to that store and going to buy Magic cards. But in the display case, there's this giant... Skaven army for Warhammer Fantasy. Right. Fully painted, fully done up. Just a
0: display army.
1: Yeah, and I thought to myself, this is awesome, and how do I get it? <laughs> right? And of course, it was like, I think it was around $200 back then, and I'm thinking to myself, I gotta get this, I gotta save up my money, and this is what I want to buy. Right? Yeah. Um, And I'm glad I didn't, because there wasn't a lot of Warhammer fantasy going around New Market at the time. Yeah. Um, what I did is I ended up selling some of my Magic cards and buying um, into Warhammer. Bought like a box of Space Marines. Oh, okay. Blood, okay. Blood Angels, uh, like the old... Uh, gun up to their chest pose type thing. Oh, yeah, thing. yeah. Um, not, not the friends,
0: multi-part. It, well, it was. It was two parts, the bolt gun and the man, <laughs> I think. Yeah.
1: I think these were actually, um, they're the white metal bodies with the head. And then the gun, shoulders, and backpack was all the plastic. Oh, okay. Was, it was the was metal. Separate.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah. Um, so I I think I was the first one of our group that got into it. And um, another friend of ours had bought like the starter set with the orcs and uh, Marines. Mm-hmm. And needless to say, once one person in our our group of friends in public school got into something, everybody else was into it, and yeah, this led into going to the club and meeting you guys.
0: Yeah, so the club is is our local club here, which like yeah. I've been involved in running that for for many years, along with uh, another Chris.
1: Yeah, so that's that's where like everything kind of springboarded off of that. Um, but a little funny story about that was um, my mom was with my sister at the hall, the scout hall, mm-hmm. with uh, sprites or brownies or whatever the, the girl equivalent to scouts was, right? And uh, she said that I wasn't allowed to go there because you guys weren't very nice to the, the girls that were at the, <laughs> were at the hall, right? Because I guess it was, okay, it's our time, get out of here type of thing. Yeah, it's like, hurry
0: up, get out, get yourself and go.
1: (laughs) So I was told not to go, and I, like a kid, disobeyed my parents, went anyway, got found out and got grounded for a week. But uh, during that time, I I convinced them that it was good, and I'm glad I did because that's kind of what's... uh, What's made me the person I am today with yeah. all this hobbying? So
0: yeah, well, that was our that was our go to place for many many years was the the scout mm-hmm. hall and and our uh, local games club there.
1: Yeah, it was like Sundays, Sundays and Friday nights, all right. through high school and that right. Yeah. So yeah. that's that's kind of what started everything. But um yeah, I've I've played almost everything you think of
0: like you mentioned uh magic the gathering and like i know well we both were big into it at one time um not so much now but i know like during covid you sort of um jumped on a whole bunch of different collectible card games just kind of collecting while the last year has kind of slid by
1: mm-hmm yeah it's i have money because i'm I'm fortunate enough to be working um, and I can't go anywhere. And the money that I would be spending going to tournaments or out is basically been sitting in my bank account. And yeah. when I have money, I got to spend it. So <laughs> um, it all started with getting back into Alien Aliens and Predator. It's like a really old card game that we used to play. Yeah, the Alien
0: vs. Predator card game. Way back, then, I, I don't know even when that was. Was it 90s or I don't know? 97. Maybe, 97, 97, 98.
1: Yeah. And then, yeah. Uh, yeah, so I bought a whole bunch of that to start off with. Um, there's so many cards that I'm still missing from the sets, but it's too expensive to buy them all because people yeah. know that it's rare. And like to find sealed product in that game is...
0: It's become a real collectible now.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, even though it's not around, like they only made two sets and then they stopped it. Um, So there was that. And then I uh, discovered a Lord of the Rings card game. Mm -hmm. And it was made by Decipher, which is um, the same company that made another game that I had played uh, in high school, which was Star Wars, um, the collectible card game. Right. It was a big thing amongst my friends. Um, back then so I was like oh well I liked that game so I figured I'd buy some of this and spent a whole bunch of money bringing it up from the states and uh, it was actually pretty cheap so I bought a whole bunch of it and it turns out you can't buy that stuff anymore and it's like tripled in price since I bought it oh really but I opened everything so (laughs) I have no more sealed product of it so Yeah, it's the I'm like this game's gonna be around forever. No one wants to play this game, right? And it's like the story of COVID. Anything collectible has has become the the hot commodity.
0: Yeah, really, that's like, for sure.
1: A lot of investors are putting their money into collectibles because um, it's more of a stable market, I guess.
0: Yeah, and what's the other one that you're into now? It's the more like the current game card game.
1: Okay, so. Um, I've got a whole bunch of it in front of me because I just buy all, all kinds of it and I've been collecting. Um, it's called Flesh and Blood. Flesh and Blood, okay. Flesh and Blood. And it's made by a company uh, called Legendary Legendary Story Studios or Legend Story Studios. It's LSS. Um, they started the game, came out about a year and a half ago, but it's been in development since 2013. Mm-hmm. And...
0: It's a fantasy it's, type game, right?
1: Yeah, it's it's your it's not like magic where you're like a caster putting down spells and calling forth armies and stuff like that. In this game you're a character fighting another character. And you have equipment and you play different cards and it's a I go and do stuff, you do your stuff. It's pretty neat. So it's not
0: it's not wizard versus wizard like Magic the Gathering, but it's like avatar versus avatar kind of thing
1: yeah and there's like there's different um classes like there's warrior Mm -hmm. there's a wizard there's a ranger stuff like that right right so it's that that fantasy setting that is pretty cool and the backstory i don't know it's just to me it's like it's really cool
0: yeah, I'm looking forward um, to getting together when we can to give that game a try because I know you're super hot on it and I'm, bought a I'm bunch really of products. I'm really more
1: excited to try the Lord of the Rings card game. To be honest, oh with yeah, you. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. Well, there's like there's going to be a lot of games to play once we can finally yeah. sit in, within six feet of each other.
1: <laughs> yeah, um, something out like I've been. It came out before, is it the late 2019? But I've I've really gotten back into World of Warcraft um they came out with the classic version which was a redo of the
0: yeah
1: um the first version of the game like back in 2004 the original Mm -hmm. um so i've been playing that pretty crazy keeping keeping me busy i'm glad it's been around because
0: well it's fortunate timing anyways because at least you've you've mm -hmm. got something to do right
1: yeah
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah so i've done
1: that What else? Did you want me to? What other other like we know
0: you play um, MESBG, and we'll get into that. But what other GW games do you play?
1: Right now, nothing. (laughs) But uh, what what I have played is I've played uh, Warhammer 40K. Um, I've I've played a little bit of fantasy. Uh, Didn't really get into that game because it wasn't super popular. Um, but now I've got into AOS, which is Age of Sigmar. I've got a giant army ready to go, something that I should be working on, but I have other things keeping me busy. Um,
0: what army do you have for AOS?
1: It's the Sons of be- Behemoth.
0: Okay, okay. Is like Is that the giants? Giant? or? Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, some armies, like 12 models, which is pretty cool, because you can convert them and... Make them look all kinds of different poses and and setups, but uh, yeah, there's that. I'm trying to think, what else? We did. Uh, we both have um, Shade Spire, mm-hmm. which is turned into something else, and then something else.
0: Is that Underworlds or? Yes.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's the one.
0: <clears throat> yeah, we both yeah. bought a lot of that and didn't really play nearly as much as we bought.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was one of those. Hey, this box is only like thirty-five bucks. Mm-hmm. Buy it. There's models. I have more models of that unpainted than I have painted.
0: Me too. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, what into... about um, what about Lord of the Rings? What are you? Uh, what's your Lord of the Rings collection like? What are your armies?
1: This is going to be long.
0: <laughs> well, you don't have to go through it in great detail, but
1: um, so started with elves, high elves because that was the stuff that was cheap and plastic. Um, I kind of branched off from there, and a lot of the stuff I have is just collections from other people that I've taken over and kind of made into different armies. Um, Harad was a big army of mine for a long time. Mm
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, like Harad's uh, one of the big ones that you have in your display case in your apartment, I'm right?
1: I'm just sitting here looking at it right now. Um, I've got a whole bunch of the named Ringwraiths, which is which is a cool army. I really like that. I'm so happy that they came out with uh, the Legendary Legion for that.
0: The Black Riders.
1: Yeah, I really wanted to give that a try. Um, what else do I have? Oh, I've got a huge army of... Uh, the dead with the three hunters. Actually that that three hunter pack that came out was the inspiration for me to do that army. Um, because because I wanted to do that. I've got dwarves, um the airborne dwarves with all the young heroes and thrain and Thror, um, and then I've got Lurtz's scouts like I had a whole bunch of metal scouts that I'm currently working on and I've got a huge Dunland force that is currently undergoing uh <laughs> is it still all in the,
0: in the blister or uh
1: no some of it's taken out I, t- I built the heroes and I built one package of the uh the um horse riders and and a lot of it's metal and got to clean the mold lines and that that's the longest that's the never ending story of this hobby is cleaning mold lines cleaning
0: for me. mold lines yeah yeah so is that all the armies that you have or
1: um well the last one's the the big one that i have which is the um Fangorn my Ents.
0: ah treebeard yes
1: yeah new new plastic model that i've opened the box of and that's,
0: that's about moved. it
1: <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> alright well I'm sure we'll be talking quite a bit about your uh, Fangorn army when we talk about the virtual tournament because that's the army that you ran in that yeah Um. okay well as far as the MESPG goes like what kind of player would you would you say you are like competitive like Drew or more, uh, more of a hobbyist type guy or like the thematic type Type armies, or well, what's your what's your jam?
1: I like to think of myself as a competitive player, but I know I'm not. <laughs> um, not to the degree of some of the other people that we play with. Yeah. Um, I'm more. I'd say probably the hobbyist. Mm-hmm. I, I, I like. It takes me motivation to get started, but once I get started on a project. I don't want to stop until it's done.
0: Yeah, So. Yeah, you're very much one of those guys who you have an idea, you buy the army, you work on the army until it's done, and then you play with the army. And then the one thing that I can never get my head around is sometimes you'll sell the army. It's like, what are you doing?
1: (laughs) Yeah, free up space because I don't have a lot of it here. And it also uh, frees up some funds to fund my next pro- project.
0: Exactly, yeah. And if you know you're not going to be playing with an army again, you know you may as well. If you can get some, if you can get some coin for it, why not?
1: Mm-hmm. And a lot of the stuff I sold is little bits and pieces. Like I sold a big section of my Mahud force to I can't remember who, but somebody bought it in the in the league, and it was back when uh, the new rules came out. And you couldn't take Muhud with the uh, Harad force. You could take them as allies, but you right. couldn't take them as like the main force, right? So at that point, I thought, well, I don't want to. I don't want to get tied down to just taking that ally. So I, I traded him off and bought some more stuff. But
0: that's um, usually what I do. You've you've won a tournament before too, unlike myself. I'm yeah, I was sure one of know.
1: the very early ones.
0: Yeah, so that would have probably been in 2015.
1: Mm-hmm. It was It was actually at the club, and uh, I was running four ring wraiths. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, four mounted ring wraiths.
0: Oh, can, okay. Yeah, I, can I tell remember you that. Right yeah, because so. I'm
1: looking at them. So it was the Undying, it was uh, Knight of Umbar. Shadow Lord, and then just a normal unnamed ring wraith.
0: All on horse. It was like,
1: yeah, 271 or something. It was a 500 point tournament. And I remember practicing at your house for it.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And it was like, okay, that's where the the phrase of uh, the one dice black dart came out. (laughs) Well, I think we coined the phrase of one die black dart at that that point because it was a 33% chance of hitting somebody with it right it was like a shooting attack that was a five plus and uh and if it hit it was a strength nine shot so
0: yeah pretty decent yeah pretty I got, decent I pretty you just lucky. have to hit with it or get spell cast the spell successfully mm-hmm. um like i know you've won several awards like you we're saying that okay you're competitive i think you're just a like a regular person that likes to win a game right like you know sure. everybody likes to win a game um, but like I know, probably the most thing you've won is is best sportsmanship. You've you've won a lot of awards in in our league for for sportsmanship, um, and I think you've won a few for your conversions of models as well. Am I right there?
1: Um, yeah, I've won a few best sportsmen. That's that's something I kind of pride myself on. Um, when we're when we're playing games or I'm playing a game, I wanna I wanna have fun with my opponent right like there's a lot of times where I'm not having fun and it's because my opponent is not being a fun opponent. <laughs> it's
0: They're... the difference when I like when I draw my opponent and it's the difference between drawing Drew, so you know it's like, oh my God, this is gonna be like a serious game, it's competitive, I gotta focus and still fun, but it's like intense more. Yeah. Whereas if you draw like a guy like you, it's like, Oh, thank God it's gonna be there's it's gonna be laughs, it's gonna be fun, you know?
1: Yeah. I always I always uh, judge it. Is is this person watching me do my movement, or are they not watching me do my movement? Yeah, And then I can judge how the game's gonna go based on that, right? But yeah, I've I've won best sportsman um, a couple times. Uh, I've won a few best painted models and uh, conversions. Like the um, the Fangorn list I have actually won an award at. uh, I think it's changed its name. It's Ragnarok now, but um, it's Derek's event.
0: Oh, yeah, this is Derek's tournament. Um, Council of the Wise. Council of the Wise, yeah.
1: And I I won, I think it was Best Army, or Best Painted, or Conversions. It was one of those three. I can't remember right now because it was, like, forever ago. But um, it was actually a really cool award I won. He, he had, like, this... Um, Tower made out of dice that was painted up all nice, and on the top of it was a little man in a brown coat that had like a little pipe.
0: Yeah, it was the Tol- it, was- it was a Tolkien model. From- yeah. well, it's not supposed to be Tolkien, but it looks like Tolkien.
1: Yeah, I think it's from a different uh, game system, but I thought, you know what, I got to take that one because I got the pick, right? Yeah. And I was like, I have to take this one. Like this is this is the guy that came up with the story of the game that we're playing. Yeah, absolutely. Like, the guy designed a language and then <laughs> he made a story around it, right? So...
0: Well, that's the thing with Tolkien that many people forget, that he's more of a scholar than, you know, scholar first, author second.
1: Hmm. Uh, just gonna um, point this out. Have you watched the Tolkien movie? I have not. Because that was something that I watched while I was uh, while I was off a couple weeks ago. Um, it's actually a really good movie.
0: So you would give it a good rating?
1: Um, I would give it a go and watch this movie if you're a Lord of the Rings fan movie, right just on. to see. Cool, cool. It's pretty neat to see him.
0: All right, well, I guess that, that gives us a good sense of who Garrett is. And let's move on to our next section, which we will we'll talk about our virtual tournament all right so in this section we're going to talk about uh, an event that we put together on the osbgl uh, facebook group over the last well i guess it was the last couple of months really because it took quite some time and it was the battle of eight armies and and just because we haven't been able to get together to play games um we thought well we'll run a virtual tournament so what i ended up doing was getting um a bunch of players together and uh, they all submitted uh, photos of their army. I think it was three photos of their army, um, an army list for an 800-point army. And then they had like a option to have a picture of themselves, you know, maybe dress up in a costume or, or whatever, just a shot of yourself if you wanted to provide that. Um, so who are the eight people, Garrett? Uh,
1: yeah, so I can definitely let you know. Uh First one was Justin. Um and he was playing Angmar. We had Alistair playing uh the Dark Powers of Dulgodur. Uh, Michael was playing Moria. Um so all evil armies so far. I guess you've got that set up here. Uh, yeah, Chris? I had
0: I had I got four evil and four good. So I kind of like asked people like what armies can you okay. play and
1: gotcha um chris was playing bear dur uh ben was playing his usual gondor i was playing fangorn uh steve played lothlorian and mike played kazadum the dwarves
0: yeah all really nice nice armies for sure and all like sort of veterans of the of the osbgl um So what, the way it worked was it was single elimination. Otherwise, it would have just taken way too long. And we kind of did one game per week. And it was like you would, I would post the matchup and it was all good versus evil to start with. And I would post the matchup, the pictures of all the armies and the army lists, and it would sort of stay up uh, on Facebook for a week. And the players and uh, and anybody could like, comment and talk about you know advantages or disadvantages strategies all that kind of stuff so it sort of hopefully inspired some people to get their rule books out or their army books out and and look at the matchups and you know i had other people like Uh, send me pictures of uh, tables of terrain so there would be a table this is the table you're playing on and then a mission as well so it was like a real game and then on the end of the week on the Saturday we'd put put up a a Facebook poll and everyone would vote for sort of the day on Saturday and the winner was the person that got the most votes
1: and they got to go on
0: yeah and one person is out and you get to move on if you win so let's just go through your games briefly. We won't go into too much detail about it because it's, okay. it was all a virtual thing. But um, yeah. we can talk about who you played. So your first game uh, was against Alistair, and he um, did have the Necromancer as part of his list. Obviously, I, th- I, mean, I can't remember if that's and, a I requirement.
1: A, uh, I don't. I don't know if it is. He had that, and he had two of the um,
0: Nazgul. The
1: Nazgul, yeah. And then a couple other just... I think he just had one basic character. Um, The mission... The mission was really good for me. uh, Because it's the one about uh, killing or wounding enemy characters.
0: It's Fog Uh, of War, right?
1: Fog of War, yeah. So basically you pick secret heroes and go from there.
0: It's like pick a guy to kill, pick one of your own guys to try to protect... Um, and it can't be your leader unless you only have one model.
1: Yes. Um,
0: that kind of stuff. So that actually, I know inspired some conversation because you did have tree beard, but then you also had Mary and Pippin.
1: Mm-hmm. So, yeah, like that was the, that was the big, I think thing that pushed it over for me was um, a lot of people made mention that there's a terrain piece as well, right? That's part of that yeah. uh, scoring. And like my whole tactic was to just rush my mob of trees and sit on that objective. Mm -hmm. And like he, he could pick uh, either Mary or Pippin as his choice. And I had to pick Mary or Pippin as my choice to save. Mm -hmm. Um, So he'd have to um, break his way through my trees, like my frontline tree soldiers get to tree beard Get Treebeard before he'd even have a chance to hit Merry or Pippin. Yeah. So, and like my choice was to pick his um, hunter hunter orc captain. Yeah, he had a hunter orc captain. Yeah. So, like, I was just like, I'll just throw rocks at him until he's dead, right? Because that that's like a big strategy that I had going through this was um, I could just stand still and throw rocks for a turn or two. And really put a dent into the opponent's force, so
0: Yeah, it's like every good. guy almost has a black dart, basically, mm-hmm. right? It's like easier to hit with, but not quite as as strong of a hit. I think it's yeah. four plus to hit, strength eight.
1: No, it's strength Is ten.
0: It? Oh it's strength ten. Oh my god, it's even just as bad then. Yeah,
1: so it's really good. Plus the hobbits have their little toss stones, but yeah, like I the way I approached it was I looked at my opponent's list and they're right up. And then I looked at the mission, and I went through each of the um, victory point totals. Yeah. And did like a, I have this percentage of a chance of achieving this victory based on these conditions, and like the big the big holdup or the big uh, unknown for his list was the necromancer, because like the necromancer wounds one of my like ends and they're done, like they they just die right, so. It was all about how that would have played out. And uh, I guess in the end, people decided that based on the mission and the other criteria, it was it was a close game. Um, it wasn't the closest of the games that I played, but it was close.
0: Yeah, it was 15 to 10 in votes for you in the mm-hmm. end. Um, so not as many votes as some of the other missions had got, but it was uh, 15 to 10, solid win. And like Alistair's army was gorgeous too. Like mm. his army was beautiful. A lot of conversions. I think most of the models in his army were converted. Yeah,
1: both of his uh, Nazgul were definitely converted.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I think even the Necromancer had a few conversions. Um, yeah, it was. I was the only good player to go on <laughs> yeah. from the first round, which was weird.
0: Yeah, and like in the first round, the other winners were like Michael's Moria army defeated Steve's Florian, Chris's yeah. Beradur defeated Ben's Gondor army. And Justin's Angmar defeated Mike's Kazadum army. So all three of those were evil winning. And the only good army to win was your <laughs> <Yeah>. your <laughs> f- Fangorn army, which was, which was good. At least the good side won one game.
1: Yeah, we didn't get completely crushed.
0: <laughs> All right, well, who'd you end up playing in the second round? Because now there were um, only four people left.
1: Yeah, so the second round, I ended up playing Chris O'Reilly's uh, Bear Dure um, in The Death, which is another scenario that was really good for me to draw. Um, only having eight models in my list, it's any kind of objective scenario is going to be very tough for me
0: yeah Um, and like i was drawing these scenarios at random and i was making sure that like in the new setup with the 18 uh missions they're divided into six different sections so i was making sure that i had one from every section and then i had to go back to one of them for a second game because there were seven games total
1: oh okay yeah, that's the, the new match play book that we haven't really had a lot of chance to...
0: Not really.
1: ...dive into. I know when I was looking at the missions to to see what the um, objectives were, I grabbed my little booklet that has the little leaflets, mm-hmm. and one of the scenarios, I'm like, what the heck, it's not in here. <laughs> and yeah. And I was like, oh, wait, there's this other book that came out. I had that totally was from forgotten. the General's Pack, yeah. Yeah. So, which is too
0: bad, because I really like those little cards that have the missions on them, but now that is incomplete. Yeah. So yeah, it was To the cool Death, which, yeah, a is, pack. To the Death is definitely a good mission for Ents, for because it's basically a fighting mission, right?
1: hmm And um, a recurring theme was I, I fought a lot of orcs throughout this whole thing. So I kept saying that as like, oh, it's just another orc of a different flavor. <laughs> right? Um Chris's force had some big uh, trolls, like again a troll chieftain and a normal more troll mor- or troll, sorry. Um Was the was, troll again,
0: chief his leader or I forget?
1: Uh I I think so.
0: Okay.
1: I think so. yeah it was a it was a mission where it's like wounding and killing the leader breaking his force and then a banner which was the one thing that i didn't have but he had one Mm -hmm. so that was kind of the unknown for that mission but being orcs having a low courage and my guys all causing terror
0: yeah it's definitely numbers weren't really definitely a big disadvantage for the for the orcs Mm -hmm. for sure
1: so it ended up coming out in my favor. Um, it was a little bit closer than the than the first game at 11 to 7. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, it, it was it was decided that uh, the trees are good at uh, killing off orcs. And now trolls.
0: <laughs> All of these games, I would love to see these games played, like, mm-hmm. for real. Like, it'll probably never happen, but it would be cool to see cool to see the matchups in live and in color, you know?
1: I know Drew is talking. He's like, we should have like an invitational and just have these eight people (laughs) come out and replay the games and see how they would have actually played out. Um, It would take a little bit of time, but I'm sure we could do
0: it. So in the other semi-final match, it was Justin's Angmar playing against Michael's Moria Army. And I remember this happened a lot during this tournament because I had a sort of a structure set up like, this is the time the game starts. This is the time it ends just because it's a poll. So if it's close, it's got to end like right at the right time. So it's like, okay, that's it. All is said and done. And a lot of the time, it was a tie like quite frequently it was coming up to the last minute and it was a tie. And that was the case in this one. It was, it was deadlocked the game. I forget what the score was. I think it might've been, was it 14 all or something like that? Or, and, uh, what happened there?
1: Um, yeah, that was, uh, that was my choice to decide who I wanted to play in the next game. (laughs) Because I cast the last vote,
0: <laughs> so there you were, tree beard hiding in the hiding in the trees. Yeah, wait wait until the last second to cast the the final deciding vote.
1: It, I think it was more like I had forgot about voting, and I just decided to log into Facebook and be like, oh, this is here. I better vote. And then I noticed that they were tied, and I'm like, oh, I can't be the final deciding vote. This is crazy. It's People are going to think it's fixed that I get to pick who I'm playing, right?
0: And so who but, did you uh, vote for?
1: I ended up voting for Justin.
0: You voted for Justin, and that was all it took to uh, tip the scales. And uh, yeah. he, he managed to defeat Michael's Moria army, which led to the final game between uh, justin's angmar and your fangorn and the mission was one of the new ones that I'm, I'm less familiar with is divide and conquer so it's basically mm-hmm. fighting over sort of three objectives along the center line of of the map
1: yeah so for being the objective mission of the group of them this is probably the best one that i could have hoped for um
0: Well, because I think the the objectives are somewhat closer together than some of the other objective missions, like Domination, they're all over the place, right? With these, they're sort of in a line across the middle of the board, so they're sort of a little closer, and there's fewer.
1: Yeah, and there's only three of them. so And I think the middle one was worth more than the two outside ones, so it weighed heavily to get to that middle one and then you could... My my objective was to just dash there and take the middle and then maybe fan off with one or two of the other ends to kind of tie up or take one of the
0: the other objectives. Try to contest but, one of the other ones.
1: Yeah, this is a weird setup where you split your army in half and instead of deploying along the side of a table edge, you're deployed in the corners but because my army was one warband, all of my stuff starts in one corner, right? Oh yeah,
0: like you you start sort of kitty corner, like mm-hmm. on opposite corners, like with half your army basically? Correct. But you deploy but for- by warband, so for you it was one drop.
1: Yeah, so it was drop, rush to the middle. Um, he had a lot of like the Moria Trolls, and uh, I think Bergdur is the name of the named guy. And I thought, wow, well, if I can beat like big trolls, I should have no problem beating these little trolls, right? <laughs> and all of his magic, um, which came up in the game with Chris, he had some magic too with the ring wraith. But like the ants are immune to their shenanigans.
0: Yeah, because he had Barrow White or two, and he had some Spectres, mm-hmm. and he had uh, which ring Ringwraith did he have again? I've forgotten now. Um, it wasn't the, the Witch King.
1: No, it's the uh, the one that hurts other heroes.
0: Yeah, he had the Dwimmer Lake was his leader.
1: The Dwimmer Lake, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Not one you see yeah. as regularly as some of the others no um,
1: but yeah in the in the end I uh, cue the Indiana Jones meme of he chose poorly <laughs>
0: <laughs> well what happened was it was another tie um, time, time expired regulation yeah. time expired and it, it was 14 all and I could see this coming so probably about a half an hour before the end I said if it's a tie at 10pm I'm going to extend it until 10 a.m. And then we'll see what happens after that. So it was a tie. It was a tie 14 votes to 14. And so we went into overtime, an overtime period. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately for you, it ended up, what was it, 16 to 15.
1: Yeah, well, you got to tell them what happened first. Justin came out and said, "Just so it's not a tie, I'll vote for Garrett."
0: Oh yeah, I've forgotten right? about that. Yeah.
1: And then it was seconds before the ten o'clock deadline hit, and I sneakily sniped that eBay vote and put myself in there, so it was a tie again. And then at that time, you you push it over, and I ended up losing in the in the next right twelve on, hours, right? On. right?
0: Yeah, this is what happens when two of the best sportsmen in the league <laughs> face each other in the final that's tied. They vote for each other. It's like, yeah. drat, you, how can you do that? You stopped me from yeah. letting you win.
1: Well, that was that was the first thing, because I didn't vote on that, that mission, right? I didn't vote on that poll. And I was like, oh, I better check and make sure Justin didn't vote for me and I didn't vote for him, right? Yeah. And I checked, and I'm like, hmm, we both haven't voted. This is going to be a problem.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... Yeah, so Father Justin ended up taking the coveted prize of uh, letting himself buy himself whatever chocolate he desires. That was the grand prize. Um, But yeah, hopefully it was fun and people enjoyed it. It was something to do anyways for, I don't know, it lasted seven or eight weeks. Um, And it it ended up becoming quite a bit of work for me on the weekends to get all that stuff ready, but it was fun. I enjoyed doing it. I would definitely do it again for sure. But I would, if I did it again uh, during non-COVID times, it would be like, okay, we're either playing the final battle in person or we'll replay the final battle in person. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah,
1: yeah. No, I really appreciate you doing that and putting the the effort forward and everybody involved, um, like people taking pictures of tables and um the other competitors doing up their write up for their lists and and then back to you like spent like there's a lot of time you spent doing this so I really appreciate it and I hope um the community found it interesting and fun to to watch along as it, it was happening
0: yeah I hope so too and um it was good like all of the people that I asked like when I approached those eight people if they were would be interested they were all like oh my god this is like such a great idea i'd love to do it um, like how much time do I have because I want to like people actually had to like finish painting some models and you know like I know Alistair was like doing some conversions he had wanted to finish and so like they really got into it and some of the some of the players yourself included got really into the commenting and throwing out tactics and you know throwing some jibes out at the uh, the other players (laughs) and and whatever getting into the spirit of it so it was good I I thought it worked out really well
1: I know it was really fun
0: anyway okay so that's it for the uh, battle of eight armies so we'll move on to the main topic Alright, so we're here for the main segment. Let's talk about, and we're going to talk about Garrett's challenge army, Lurtz's scouts. So, what we're doing uh, with the four of us in north of the Shire this year, we kind of issued ourselves a challenge to build a new army. Um, So, we're all building a, I forget the points off the top of my head, is it 750 or?
1: it's 750. 750. Yeah, it kind of started last year. Yeah. Um,
0: well, we had to make of, the choice, right?
1: Yeah. I think it was, um, it was, it was an, it was an idea that, uh, a group of adventurers would come together. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it, <laughs> it's not Marvel. I swear. No, the, um, it, it's an idea to get us, uh, working on stuff, um, working on a new army, uh, doing something you wanted to do but haven't had the time or the really desire to do it
0: yeah and and it like, was a fun for me i picked dunland because like i already had sort of you know a bunch of dunland models um you know i think i had the equivalent of one set of the Dunland warriors and you know I have Thryden and you know the captain and that and I thought you know what it wouldn't take much to like add to this army with the new stuff and do like a full Dunland army and you know that's a project right there as well as doing a new army and whatnot. so that's kind of my motivation for picking what I did
1: Mm -hmm. yeah we we made sure that we didn't copy armies as well Um, we all had to do something different yeah, I chose the, the alerts of scouts because it's something I've wanted to do for a long time, and um, I was gonna do it back the last edition. Um, yeah, way before
0: I, the legendary legion existed.
1: Well, this is like last rule edition as well. Back when you could do the whole list of, of scouts. Um, yeah. With Maher, so, uh, but yeah, it's it's gonna be fun. Um, I'm excited lots of plans going forward
0: so let's just quickly go through the list because uh, i'm sure most people have a fairly good idea uh what lurch's scouts list is but well let's just go through um the list itself of like what you can choose and then we'll talk about your specific list so you got um only one troop type in this list you only have the uruk scouts and they can choose either a banner or or shield, uh, and you must have lerts as your leader in this army. And the other character, other other heroes you can take are Ugluk, um, Maher, and Urukai scout captain, and an Urukai drummer. So basically, all of this stuff. I don't know if there was a drummer in the movie, but like you know, Ugluk and Maher are kind of uh thematically tied to this list. Like obviously Ugluck was in the movie um leading the leading the Urukai after Lurtz was killed. And in the book they were heading to Fangorn Forest and they were supposed to meet up with Maher there. It's in the book. Um so that's kind of thematically sort of what molded the choices of the list. And um so when you compare that to the regular Isengard list, you are losing like a lot of the units out of the Isengard list. Like, for example, you're losing all of the Dunland stuff is not there. Um, no shaman, no Urukai Warrior, no Isengard Troll, Berserker, Feral Urukai, and no Demolition Team or Ballista. So you do lose quite a lot. Um, by going with this list,
1: yeah, you can't take Saruman or Grima as well,
0: right? Yeah, I didn't um, mention them,
1: but yeah, I think this this um, this army or the Legendary Legion is focused more on like the scout side of the the army, yeah, because um, it's all like lightly armored troops. They're all from the the first movie, right? Like the end of the first movie, um, beginning of the second movie, where they they fight in uh they do the they ambush at Am Hen, right? Yeah. They're they're sent out to get the halflings. Um because they want the ring to bring it back to find to the Halflings. Saruman, yeah.
0: The one of those the one unit that I think probably could have been in this list is the feral Urukai. Um because I know I believe the feral Urukai model was actually released alongside some other uh Urukai Scout stuff, like possibly the command pack or or whatnot, like when it was originally released way back when. Um, I think they probably just decided not to release it because you didn't or include it in the list because you didn't see anything that looked like a feral Uruk in the movie. And the Feral Urukai is a is a GW
1: I think they came invention. out the same time um, the Uruk-hai Scout Leadership Pack did, which was back during the um, the War of the Ring days. Mm-hmm. So when they wanted the massive, huge battles for for Lord of the Rings, and you had everything mounted on the um, the boards or the movement trays, is
0: mm-hmm.
1: that's when a lot of um, a lot of the newer stuff came out because they had to fill in spots. And I remember I remember going to the mall back when our friend Josh used to work at Game's Workshop. Uh the Vaughn Mills Mall and that's when uh like a lot of this was like big back then. And yeah. The the War of the Ring was really popular. Um a time that I wish I had of purchased more stuff, Oh, but, I know, yeah. <laughs> we we always joke about uh Back when we first started collecting this stuff, that uh, we had to find that like unicorn model, <laughs> with all of our journeys through the uh, the stores trying to pick up stuff, and it was always uh, it was always trying to find those really hard to find old models.
0: We did pretty good. We found quite a we found we quite did. a few in our in our little journeys and our quests looking for mm-hmm. dusty old blister packs in. The corner of, like, forgotten in the corner of an old hobby store.
1: <laughs> yeah, which is where some of the models that um, I'm doing for this army came from. Um, we, we, we ended up finding some of the old metal scouts.
0: Yeah. Well, so, I, actually, I got, I knew what the, where you got the majority was, like, somebody actually, uh, because they knew I was involved in the league, they asked me, you know, I have uh, a, a large collection that i'd like to sell would you be able to sell it for me and i'm like well yeah i'll just cart it around with me and and i'll uh, i'll offer it to sale and like what do you need for it and you were ended up taking all of the uh metal Urkai scouts. so you must have quite a few of them i don't forget how many there were exactly i did but... get a
1: lot of stuff yeah. yeah um it was the majority of of my army actually probably 90 percent of it from that one purchase right but uh, yeah, it was, it was interesting. I really like the metal stuff over the plastic because there's more detail I find in the metal.
0: The one thing about this list is um, like any time you're going to play this list, it's one of these lists that like I call kind of call them two-dimensional like anytime you play this list, it's gonna look very similar from one game to the next, from one opponent to the next, just because it's got very few choices. Like there's only one warrior unit, it's all gonna be it's all gonna be Urukai Scouts. And then your your hero choices are Lertz, Ogluk, Maher, and Scout Captain and Drummer. So you're probably going to see all of those models in in the typical list. But I think they have a good selection of of hero models here. What do you think?
1: Definitely, um, Lertz has changed since uh, since the new rules have come out and made him a lot better.
0: Yeah.
1: Um Maher and thirty and Oblak- points
0: more expensive, I believe.
1: Yeah, but he's worth that 30 points.
0: He he definitely is. And I don't know if you listen to but um another podcast uh, another canadian podcast into the west they did um they tend to focus on uh like a a specific hero with each of their episodes and they and they talk through that hero and you know build lists around that hero and so on and they did lertz uh in one of theirs so if you go into listen to into the west for the lertz episode they go into quite a lot of detail about lertz um i was a little surprised at the rating they give it they all rate him out of, out, out of the hero out of 10 and I believe he got Lertz got two eights a seven and a six out of 10 which I thought well that's really harsh for like the six especially because uh, like if you look at Lertz's points like most people will agree that the Urukai captain profile is one of the best captain models in the game for sure and if you look at Lertz's profile he's basically just taking an urakai captain and fairly accurately adding points for the increases that he's received. So I like I think as a hero goes, he he's very accurately pointed at at 90 points. Um now with three attacks and three wounds. And yes, he's he's kind of like a mid-tier hero, so he's He's not a killer by any stretch of the imagination, um, but he's a very, very solid mid-tier hero. Um, I would say the only downside to to Lertz really is his weapon options or his options um and mainly is well of course he can't take a mount which is which is a big negative in in the current game but honestly other than that he's to me he's a solid to me he's he's definitely at least an eight for sure um i think he's he's earned that for sure and and even though he's mid-tier he's the biggest stick you have in in isengard really
1: yeah you know more about that than I would because you've played the army longer. Um, I, I kind of set out to do this army a couple years ago and it was more of a, this is what I want to do at a 500 point level mm-hmm. and just take this as like a, a fun list to yeah, maybe sure. like a less competitive event. Because um, I didn't want to bring the, the heat as they say <laughs> um, to to a, a fun non-competitive event
0: mm-hmm. um,
1: this was my themed list I'm going to bring this and over the course of the last couple of years it's kind of evolved into something that can be competitive and it's providing the the thematic part of it that I like um, there was kind of a list made uh, two books ago I believe where Lurts wasn't in it but it was Maher, Ugluck and a bunch of orcs yeah And they didn't have the speed that this list brings, right? So I'm excited.
0: Yeah, I think we'll be seeing quite a bit of this list um, for a couple of reasons. One, because it's an easy one to collect because um, you can buy like a couple of blisters of leadership hero models. And then you can get your warriors uh, like just buy a couple of boxes of the plastics and you've got your army. You know what I mean? It's it's pretty yeah. easy to collect in that way. Not only that, but because like a lot of people play thematically, and this one certainly rings that bell or checks that box. And lastly, I think if the Rangers of Athelion is going to be as crazy popular as people think it is, I think this army Lertz's Scouts is pretty much a hard counter to that list. Because it's fast, it's got fight four, so it matches their fight four. Yeah. Um, and with shields, these guys are defense five, so they'll need sixes to wound. And they have woodland creature. So yeah. it's it's got everything it needs to handle uh, Rangers of Athelion in my mind.
1: Yeah, um, definitely the speed is what makes this army... Competitive against that list, I think.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um,
1: being, being able to close the gap. but.
0: Did you, you want, want to, to go, go through, through what you're picking in your 750 yeah, list?
1: Yeah, let me go through my list. Um, oh, did, did we mention that um, part of this was... Part of the challenge was we, the three of us, you, myself, and Chris, all being not competitive players, mm-hmm. were being given a list, or a list designed by Drew, or Andrew, the competitive player of the bunch of us, to come up with a list competitive... Or yeah, we were sort of say right? like,
0: this is the list, this is kind of what I have, mm-hmm. you know, make me as competitive a list as you can.
1: Yeah, make me an army worthy of Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> so... Um, I picked Lurtz's uh i picked Lertz's scouts uh the legendary legion because it conveniently came out around the same time um so my my is Um i have maher a Gluck, and then a an hai scout captain with a bow all right okay so I have four different war bands um, all being led by hero the Uruk-hai scout captain um is a really good really good hero he's very mm-hmm. I, forget, I don't know how you'd say it. Like he's very—he's uh, versatile. He can, like versatile. He's
0: got—he's got, he's got more weapon options than a regular captain because mm-hmm. he can take so you, a two-handed you can, weapon.
1: You can definitely set him up to be either that way. Uh, you can go with a shield to make him a little more tanky, or you can give him a bow, which is what I've done. Um, uh, I've got—I'm uh, trying to think of the actual model count, but I have two drummers in the list to increase the speed and the distance of or the the battlefield presence of those drums i guess you could say to maximize the amount of models affected by it
0: yeah because if you Um, have only one drum in your list that means like part of your army is going to be a lot faster than the other part of it
1: definitely and in some of the missions you're having to split up your list right so it's like, oh, well, which part of the battlefield do I put my drum at? So I'm glad that we went with two that way. Um, there's two Urukai scouts with a banner and a shield to, again, spread that banner effect out over more of the models rather than just having a centralized single point,
0: mm-hmm. which probably could valuable considering be. they don't have any spears.
1: Yeah, it could easily be taken advantage of with, with ranged um, shooting as well, right? Like you pick off around where that banner is to mm-hmm. kind of limit its effectiveness. Um, and then I have... I, I want to say I have something close to 24 urukai with with uh, shields and around 12 with bows. Right. And um, then you break the- them
0: up into whatever warbands. bands.
1: Yeah, they're, they're split amongst, like Alerts has the most, um, and then merher but they're all woodland creature because of the uh, Legendary Legion bonus, and they all have the speed bonus, so they're all bumped up to 8-inch move, um, which is great, because mm-hmm. you can drum and march with them, and I think that's going to be the the thing that's going to make this list interesting.
0: Yeah, everybody probably knows, uh, but in case you don't, they have a rule called Relentless March, and it's as long as you have Maher in your list, all of your, in fact, like the whole list gains 8-inch movement and Woodland Creature, Mm -hmm. and you don't have to pay for that upgrade. It just comes for free. Yeah, which is really good. It's amazing, yeah.
1: That's the difference between this Legendary Legion and the other one. Um, I forget what it's called. But it's the one with the orcs and the urukai.
0: Yeah, it's basically it. it's it's this. It's basically Lertz's legion, but after Lurts gets killed, and they pick up like a whole bunch of uh, Mordor orcs.
1: Mhm. So all the orcs were slow, but the urukai could be fast. Yeah. And then the benefit of the army was the orcs help the urukai be stronger, and they kind of benefit off each other. Yeah. But the orcs, all being slow, it was like the urkai get there and get killed and then the orcs show up and get killed and (laughs) (laughs) it's like kind of two waves yeah the
0: different rates of movement make it a little uh disjointed almost Mm -hmm. yeah yeah
1: so yeah like i've got all that stuff and i'm excited i've got 46 models total
0: yeah that's a good size good size army for sure where, where do you stand with your, like, from the hobby perspective, like, are, have you got any models assembled or primed, or where are you with all of that?
1: Um, no. <laughs> the easiest way to describe this is, um, like, a lot of the stuff that I do when I build and paint stuff is I do sub-assembly, or I try and get stuff ready to paint, and then if I can build it after I've painted it, um, just to make it easier... Um, A lot of the stuff that I got, the models already had the shields arms glued on. Mm -hmm. So I've had to take the time to remove them and clean that glue up because he used like a really weird glue. It wasn't wasn't like a normal super glue. Plus I have to remove the mold lines. And mold lines on metal models is not fun.
0: Takes a while.
1: It takes a while. So I'm like, I'm very... I'm very strict on myself trying to get that done, like because I, I hate seeing mold lines. Um, so I've got to clean those up. And then after I've done that, the next step is to get painting. And I'm a little bit faster on that side of it because I have an airbrush. Right. So I plan on airbrushing the base skin color across all the models to kind of speed that up and then go in after and pick out the details with the armor and the, the cloth and their leather armor.
0: So it makes sense that you would like try to prep like the entire army all at once and have it all ready for your, uh, your first initial airbrushing.
1: Yeah, because I have to set my airbrush up and it's a bit of a pain. So what I'll do is I'll get everything to the point where it's ready to be um, painted and with what I'm doing, like I'm, I'm doing the bases separate, like I'm not doing a normal Games Workshop base. So I've broken the little tab that they usually have at the bottom of the feet off. And I drill a, a hole with a pin vise in the bottom of their feet and glue a paper clip. And then I stick that on a cork. Okay, yeah. So I can hold each model individually kind of off the the cork enough that it makes it easier to spray paint. or sorry, not, Like base coat spray paint and then airbrush. Mm-hmm. And I've bought um, pre-made bases.
0: Okay, like resin cast bases type thing?
1: Yeah, they're resin cast, but they're already painted and they already have flock on them. Oh, no way. Yeah, they're they're pretty cool. I should go over and have a look and get them. I don't know the name of the company, but um yeah, they're they're actually really neat with uh with the way they're designed cuz it basically you get 10 of them in a in a box of the 25 mills. And all you got to do is drill a hole in it and then glue that paper clip end into the base and you're done.
0: Base ready to go right out of the box.
1: Yeah, right in the box. So, <laughs> it, they're a little they're a little expensive,
0: but uh-huh.
1: um they do look really nice, so
0: Now, you mentioned, too, that you were looking at possibly doing a display board for this army.
1: Oh, I will be, yeah.
0: What did you add in mind for that?
1: Well, my idea behind the army and what a lot of people are probably going to be doing is uh, the ambush at Ammon Hen. So I'm going to do some kind of scene maybe from that. I don't know if I'm going to do it at the very top. Of the hill or so are of you like are looking to have hill. that
0: big structure with the seat or, or not?
1: I don't know if I want to do that or not, or if I want to just have like a different part of the the area. I'm not going to do down near the water. But uh, yeah, it'll be something. Maybe I'll do the bridge where uh, Boromir has his final stand.
0: You should do like um, Boromir with all the arrows in them, with like Lurtz. Even though you're not using Lerts with the bow model, probably you're using Lerts with the shield model. Um, mm-hmm. You can still have Lerts with the bow, and then you could have the two uh, Urukai scouts that are carrying Mary, Mary and Pippin.
1: Yeah. Oh. So that's the other thing. I got those three models with the big batch that I had bought um, through the person you knew, but I didn't get the other heroes that were part of that. So I ended up buying the uh, Ambush at Hen set that was made to order. that okay, came yeah. out not too long ago. So I've got a bunch of different ones. But my plan is I'm going to use the Marion Pippin being carried models and Boromir getting shot, yeah. and I'm going to make them my objectives.
0: Oh, that's a cool idea, yeah. So... So I'll when you're playing a th- like a objective based mission, you can have like a couple of those two models be a couple of the objectives on the board.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that idea. So that's the plan, and for that, but yeah, I, I'm like I really want to do a really nice display board for it. Um, Cause that's kind of my thing. Like I like I like doing that kind of stuff. So.
0: Right on. So, okay, well, now that you've uh, spilled the beans on what army you're going to do and what what state it is in right now. What what kind of time frame are you looking at? Like your next step is what? Like finishing your model prep and assembly? Is that your next step?
1: Yeah, that's that's what I have to accomplish before I can get to the painting. So
0: So what what kind of time frame are you thinking for that? You got to get you to put this on record.
1: <laughs> um, it's a good question. I got to do it soon. Um, I hope to do that in the next month or two. Because um, if I don't, there's a new expansion for World of Warcraft coming out soon.
0: <laughs> oh, God.
1: <laughs> and I know that my life is going to be dedicated to that. So I've got to try and get some stuff done before that comes out.
0: So um, what, like end of June maybe or mid June? I hope so. I hope so. All right.
1: Like what is it? It's just the it's the second of May right now, so I could I could see myself having the model prep done by the end of the month.
0: Cool, that'd be good. Yeah, because like maybe by the end of June you can prep all your models and then uh, maybe prime them or something.
1: Yeah, I need to take the Chris approach to my stuff. Yeah. and get everything ready and then just pick a couple models and paint them. Yeah. Because he's been posting pictures of oh, like three or four models, right?
0: That guy's like a machine.
1: Yeah. I'm definitely not dedicated to that kind of... like. It goes back to the... I need to motivate myself and then once I get that motivation going... Yeah. It's the locomotive, right? It takes a lot to get it going but once it gets going, it doesn't stop. <laughs> so um that's that's kind of what i'm i'm doing well we got with. to
0: leave enough time in the year too that we can do our little round robin and have that done by the end of the year too so yeah because well, now what that, we're we're planning on playing like everybody's planning on playing each other mm-hmm. so we'll have uh, like i'll play three games one against each of you guys
1: yeah yeah we're gonna do that and see who comes out on top but now that there's all this vaccine stuff happening and we're getting closer to that. It's like, oh man, I've been, I've been procrastinating on this for a year and now it's come to crunch time.
0: (laughs) Yeah. We're no longer into the year plus available time. We're now into the like a few months.
1: Yeah. It's that tournament crush, uh, crunch time, right? Like it's time to crunch for the tournament. So
0: that's right. So speaking of that, like how how do you think you're gonna fare in the games? Like just throw out a throw out some thoughts on on that. Like you have to play against uh Chris is doing Azog's hunters, but with Bulg as the leader? How do you think you're gonna fare against that army?
1: It Bulg's gonna be a problem. Yeah, I'll say. Um his other heroes are like just normal guys, right? The big thing he has going for him is he has mounted models, so his cavalry, just is going to be tough for me. Um, all of his guys have two attacks. I think he has banners in his list.
0: Yeah, I couldn't tell sure. you, but I imagine he does. If Drew wrote the list, he's probably got one.
1: So the fact that he has models with two attacks base is going to be tough for me. Yeah. I'm just looking here. Yeah, he has one, uh, one banner in his list. So, it, it's going to be hard to say. Like, it'll it'll be dependent on the mission. Yeah, but I uh, guess the
0: advantage is you're like warrior versus warrior. He's got two attacks, uh, but you've got the higher fight. Mm-hmm. Both strength four.
1: Well, the other thing is, um, it's probably going to become very clear that this is going to be a huge advantage for me in this event. I'll be able to swing my forces and maybe hit a flank. Mm-hmm. Easier than um one of you guys will be able to. Yeah. I know I know you and Chris have cavalry, but um
0: Not a lot. the ability
1: to move with my list around is gonna be gonna be a big advantage. So I don't know. Bog's gonna be tough though.
0: What about Drew's list, Rangers of Athelion? Like I mentioned previously, that I actually think it's a fairly strong counter to that list. What do you think?
1: I uh, I think it's out of the the three of us that have to face him, I'm gonna do the best.
0: I'd say that's it, fair. It's um, mostly
1: because of the fact that I can move. Like I think my advantage of speed is gonna help me in that because I can I can get to him in maybe two turns, right? hmm I might not be able to charge him in two turns, but I'll be right up in his face, and his guys, I think, will fall over to mine in combat.
0: Yeah. Well, because of your movement advantage, you'll be able to do what you need to do, and that's, like, get into combats where you outnumber his guys. Yeah. Um, your 8 move is going to be handy there, and your fight 4 will match his fight 4, so... It's just a matter of how much damage you take on the way in, but you probably have a fair number of guys with shields for defense five, so he'll be needing to roll sixes to wound you with his strength two bows. Yeah. So I think you have a decent chance, like you said, like for example, like Chris playing against Rangers of Athelion, he'll lose like a horrendous amount of models to shooting before combat starts. He'll do well in combat, but he'll probably lose a pile of guys.
1: Yeah, well, that's a, another thing that I didn't mention was the Urukai scouts. Their bows are strength three, so that'll help me a lot. Like I can I can send off a little drummer with a captain, like the their archery captain. Mm-hmm. Maybe even Lerts, and don't run them up as fast and just use them as a uh, a mobile shooting force yeah because
0: they can still like move half which would be half of eight is four plus three right is that how that works for the drummer um
1: the drummer adds three to their move so yeah. they'd be 11 so i think i can move five and a half and still five
0: shoot. and a half okay yeah yeah so sure you can still adds to that but it's still almost to to that, regular movement and and shoot. yeah
1: well like if I can march and drum and still shoot, which I, I, I'm i not a hundred percent sure on, I'm I can move seven inches and still shoot.
0: That would be awesome, yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Uh and last is my army, Dunland. Probably from a competitive angle, it's probably the weakest of the four, I think.
1: Yeah, your fight three is really gonna hurt you.
0: Yeah. And, like, I do have some of the Huskarls, but even just playing with you the one time we played on uh, Tabletop Simulator and yeah. we played a game, like, I've always thought that, yeah, it sounds good on paper. The Huskarls rule is, like, if you support a fight, you you provide the fight for. The thing is, is your opponent is trying to prevent you from doing that. So after the, maybe the first round of combat, they'll just get around behind and engage the supporter so you lose that rule and that's exactly mm-hmm. what happened when we played one game and we were basically playing one warband versus one warband but that's exactly what happened during the game i got one round where i had the support and after that it's like you engage my huskarls and just eliminate that yeah but yeah I'm, I'm still excited to put that army together and you know, mm. you got the carbine, and I do have a bit of cavalry, and I do have a like a mounted leader. So I got tools. There's definitely tools. So we'll see how I can do with it.
1: Yeah, I think your mounted section is going to be helpful.
0: For sure, for sure. I think I only I only bought two blisters, so it's four models. So that's what I put in my list. Kept it down to four. Plus Thryden is mounted as well.
1: Yeah, and you have you have Frida and Gorulf too. So
0: yep they're both very solid models as well see how much it's going to be see how much i can get goroth to kill that'll determine how i do (laughs)
1: yeah well i think you used him in that game that we played and he was pretty good
0: he is very good yeah very solid hero for sure he's you can use him a bunch of different ways as well so definitely uh he'll definitely be uh one of the the shooting stars of my army i'm sure yeah. Anyway, so. um is that it for your uh your Lertz's Scouts uh, army challenge project or is there anything else you want to add to that?
1: I think that's it.
0: Very good. Well, we got a little bit of time left, so let's move on to all that is gold does not glitter and see if we can answer a listener question. Mm-hmm. All that is gold does not glitter, and we're still working through our questions from the three Michaels, Uh, and I've got one question lined up, because I think we can probably talk about this uh, at some length. So this one was sent in by Michael Campbell from our group here in Ontario, and he asks, you both play or played other games, be it tabletop, Board games, RPG games, computer, card games, etc. We talked about some of those earlier, actually. Uh, yeah. If you could import one thing from another game into sbg what would it be? And he just gives some examples like game mechanics, uh, different units or classes, scenarios, you know, other game formats, you know, the way rules are presented. Um, you know uh, event style support model aesthetics etc all different kinds of things what about you what do you think for sbg so there's
1: a couple different systems in other games that i really like mm-hmm. um but i think the one that stands out to me to the most is um i didn't mention this earlier but I've I've uh, gotten into a Marvel Crisis Protocol.
0: Mhm. Very which popular is like game now.
1: The uh superhero basically you come up with a team fight against their team. Yeah. Um in that game, part of your roster, which is like your team, you select 5 um cards which are like conditions or benefits to your list, right? They usually do like one effect and then they're done. Okay. But it's it's kind of a cool system because you can um, design it to be with your list and help like in certain places.
0: So are they like sort of power ups? Like,
1: Um, well, a lot of things like if you have X character and X character together, um, you can both spend power and then they can both move. So it's like it'd be like an extra move for them to get them up the board faster. So
0: like situational bonuses or.
1: Yeah, and then like there's a couple of them that are like you can spend three power and heal yourself some wounds type of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, So I was thinking something like that brought into this game would be pretty cool, and I made I made like a little example. Okay. Cool. Um, So everybody knows nobody tosses a dwarf, right? So uh, that would be the name of the card. And the effect would be uh, Gimli can reroll a failed jump test. Right? Super situational. Maybe it costs him a will point or a might point to use it, or it's free, depending on how good the card is. But it'd it'd be an extra little thing that you could add into the game as like a little flavor.
0: Sure, yeah, that'd be cool the thing about that too is like if you had like a deck of these cards you know like 50 or 100 different cards or whatever um you could pick different cards each time so in effect even though you would be playing the same army you could take it like a set of different cards every game and you know add some add some variety in there this actually this idea kind of reminds me of the the game that devin from the dchl has what's that game that he has with the cards uh that you play with member you play with four people and it's like um and you, and, and y'all play the cards separately i know what you're talking about they do all special effects and you're trying to claim objective and it's like total chaos um, Chaos and arda Chaos and arda yeah, yeah, that is a really fun game too, and that almost sounds like a little similar to that kind of aspect because he's got mm-hmm. uh, like a bunch of like variable effects happening on those cards as well.
1: Yeah, yeah, so something like that would be cool. Like, it's it's not something that's going to be super impactful, like you're gonna get a minor thing like and you use like quotes from the movie or whatever right like yeah i think it's a great idea you you shall not pass type of thing and gandalf can be like spends a will point and that model can't move for a turn yeah
0: yeah they could even easy to sell too you could just like sell it like how you buy like a deck or a pack of magic cards right now or whatever collectible yeah. card game you just buy one of the big boxes that have like a full deck in it and like you just sell that as like here's this expansion it's consists of this one deck of cards there you go done
1: yeah yeah,
0: yeah that's be a cool. good idea and you I could like have
1: you could have some that were like generic that would affect everybody and then you could have specific ones to specific armies or or teams or anything like that
0: I like it I like it um, for myself, um, we play a bunch of different games that are considered cooperative. Yes. So where you're you're all on the same team, trying to you know do a mission or or whatever. <clears throat> so not not something that we see right now in SVG at all, really. Um, but I kind of think they've sort of missed the boat on that on in one sense and it's with battle companies um i don't know if you remember this but just before covid started i started putting together a custom battle companies campaign for for us guys to to run um and i had you guys all like picking different characters that you would play as your battle company hero um, but rather than it be a match play style, because that's what Battle Companies is now, just like everything else in SBG, um, mm-hmm. it's match play. It's like me versus them. Even scenario play is, is, is that way. Um, but I'd love to see them come out with like a box set with like scenarios, like a themed scenario that consists of, you know, like half a dozen different... Um, custom missions, um, and also some models in the box, and you would play it this way. You would play it as like a a cooperative game. So rather than being like match play style, one guy versus one guy, you would have you would have somebody as the game master sort of thing running the game, um, and then you would have say four players that would would pick a hero and a couple of warriors to go with that hero and play sort of quote unquote battle company style, but you're all playing on the same team fighting against like a preset enemy. I think that would be like a really enjoyable way to to play battle companies. And one of the big things that sort of where battle companies fall down is that, you play a few games of battle companies and then your sort of group sort of disappears like you, whenever you start up a battle company group it sort of end up playing half a dozen games and it just kind of fades away after that you know what i mean yeah
1: or like somebody who gets more powerful and then everybody else is just like
0: yeah so it's it's almost kind of like borrowing sort of like a role playing sort of setup uh and um what's the game called like warhammer quests like like right now curse city is out which yep. i bought still haven't taken the plastic wrap off it yet um like that's similar to the way it's played it's played with miniatures but it's played on not on really a tabletop with terrain um so sort of similar to that but um focusing more on the like miniature side of it with like terrain and and whatnot. So, anyway, that's that's kind of what I would like to see them do with with this game mm-hmm. here.
1: Yeah, you could do like uh, expansion boxes.
0: Exactly. Like they've like done e- this so long, like with with their other game systems. Um, it's just it hasn't happened with with SBG yet. Like <clears throat> one of my favorite games that they've put out was way back when 40k was just released like so this is probably late 80s they put out a supplement then called the time of the wolf and it was about um what's that wolf uh space marine chapter again space wolves space wolves yeah oh how easy uh space wolves uh yeah so it was about space wolves attacking like an orc compound but it was all sold in a box set with like you know i think there were four missions and you had to split your force up they're like here here are all the warriors and heroes that you get for your space wolves force but you have to split it up into three groups and each one of each group has to attack one of each of these three outposts and then based on how you do in each of those three games it affects the final mission and then all of your troops from those three games go to fight the final mission fantastic idea for a game it was so much fun to play that Um, and for me it was one of those things that it checked all the boxes that I love about miniature gaming Um, and it's just like you go you buy this you buy this box set and you take it home, and you have enough to run like a whole bunch of games with your friends. and You're given all of the stuff there that you need to do it,
1: yeah, like an all in one box, all in one box, yeah.
0: Well, you don't have the rule book or the miniatures in that case, but you know what I yeah, mean, yeah.
1: It's kind of like, um, like Games Workshop is doing it now for AOS and um, 40k where they come out with these, like, battle boxes. Mm-hmm. Or not battle boxes, but, like, um, it's kind of like a scenario box where you have two different armies in the box. Yeah. And I, I think there's different scenarios for you to play through in there as well. Right, right. Um, like, I know the new 40K one had something similar to that, where you could, like, you start off smaller and work your way up. But, yeah. But, like you say, there's nothing in the MS... MESBG side of it. It's just to
0: me, it would be a great. I think it'd be a great like thing. You like put it like a booklet in there, and you know maybe even like a a sprue of like a small terrain item or like some cardboard terrain even, and then maybe like one sprue of uh, hero models. You know, like this is your party of adventures or whatever, and you put like you know four or five hero models or and then maybe some some like Enemy guys that you're going to be fighting against, like the enemy boss or yeah. whatever.
1: We got to have your generic starter box yeah. that has heroes, the rules, and a couple numpties that you fight against. Yeah, and then you've got all your individual little uh, expansion boxes.
0: <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah.
1: It's like, oh, this is against the Angmar force. Like, it's almost like you could you could do unnamed because like this is has like so many different avenues that it could go down like you could make up heroes oh exactly Yeah. generic dwarf character you name them you get to play them as your character yeah generic elf character right and then and then you had all these expansions and it's like okay your group is now going to fight against angmar you're going to go and fight against moria right all this stuff you could even come out with like an evil side of it where you fight as the bad guys yeah exactly So
0: anyway, that's what I'd like to see. I think it'd be, I think it'd be awesome. I'd buy it.
1: Yeah, I probably would too.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Sweet, sweet. All right, sir. Well, I think we have come to the end of another episode. Um, Great to finally get you on the show and uh, looking forward to getting you back on. We'll have to maybe touch back with you before the end of June to make sure you got all your stuff on the go before the before the World of Warcraft expansion comes out. and yeah. We don't see you for however long.
1: Yeah, I, I dive into that world and leave the world of Middle Earth behind. <laughs> yeah. No, I'll uh, I'll definitely keep up with uh, my progress and I'll start posting stuff on the uh, Facebook page. Awesome. Because I know we, I know we've got a Facebook page set up now. So
0: we do, we do. So yeah, I've started posting uh, a little bit of content on there of just random stuff that i've been working on as well so that'd be cool to get some of your Perfect. progress on there but anyways i guess that is it for episode 18 of north of the shire thanks everybody for listening and we will see you on the next one